Thank you for listening to this week's message from North Shore Christian Church. For more information about North Shore, please visit northshorechristian.org. I'm assuming that applause isn't for me. It's what, what a great job, right? <laughs> uh, I love our uh, kids ministry staff, uh, uh, Mr. Taylor. Well, I want to welcome you. I'm lead pastor Scott Harris, uh, and, and Pat was mentioning just um, how God brings us together. You know, and he said 40% of our church is on the other side of that camera. Uh, I won't embarrass the person, but I had a great conversation with somebody who had been watching us online for a year, that's service for the first time, is in a group meeting now, and I just love the path into this family. So we do not want to take lightly uh, those cameras and the people that on the other side of that. And I met a gentleman that hadn't been here in 20 years came here. So I just uh, love this, and I'm glad all of you are here. However you were brought here today, uh, I'm glad you're here, and hopefully you'll see by this service what we talk about. Uh, we value family. Uh, so kids, there's some of you uh, younger ones that are not normally in here. I am glad that you are here, okay? We love you, and you are part of this family, this Ohana, North Shore Christian Church. And that is really important, you know, and we do it very intentionally. There is a troubling trend out there, uh, and it's this. It is showing that, and it's been about 10 to 15 years. Uh, the lowest number I could find in studies is 64%. The highest I found was 90% of kids will leave the faith after high school. Kids from Christian homes, okay? And that should just make our hearts drop. Um, because it's this, if we lose one generation, uh, we are at risk of losing all generations for the faith, right? And so it can't be uh, taken lightly, and we don't take it lightly. You know, uh, my commitment, our commitment, I wanna invite you to this commitment, not on our watch. Absolutely not on our watch. Uh, will we set silently why a whole generation exits the faith, right? Uh, scripture is very clear. We have a responsibility to that. And so what studies teach us is how do you interrupt this, this trend? Uh, and the answer is family, okay? Uh, the kids that have experienced church as a family, I'm talking about their family, but as a family, that they are welcomed in, they are part of it, that these are their people, their spiritual brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, those kids that experience uh, their church that way uh, are less likely to leave the faith, right? And so guess what our call is? To make sure this is a family experience, not just in the month of August, but all the time that these kids are welcome here. This is their church, and we will give them a place. We'll give them a voice. Um, we want them to hear us, yes, because that's what family does, but we want to hear them, uh, and we want them to be able to express the gospel in their language that they understand. So is family month important? You better believe it. You better believe it. Uh, it's a call we all have, so I'm excited about that. So we're gonna jump into our message. So if you need um, a Bible, uh, raise your hand. Uh, and turn to um, Joshua 3 is where you'll be at. I, I'm going to start in Proverbs here in a few seconds. Um, but you turn to Joshua chapter 3. 
It's in the Old Testament. Uh, let me pray for us. Father God, we love you. You're good. And I just pray that uh, you would just allow the word to sink deep into our hearts and our lives today. You know where each one of us are spiritually, and I pray that you would come and in a beautiful way invade that space right now. Uh, use your powerful word to touch us, change us. And we do pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we are in a, we call it a summer of wisdom, uh, studying the book of Proverbs, and we're going to keep in that theme, just have some family focus over the next four weeks, okay? And so as we look at uh, uh, wisdom, uh, Pastor Pat defined it earlier, and I just love that definition. Wisdom is applied knowledge. Applied knowledge, or simply put, using what you know. It's using what you know. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, is called the book of wisdom. Because what it is, it's um, teaching us how to use what we know about God. Helping us to know how to use what we know about God. Wisdom. So as we step into today's wisdom, um, Proverbs 14, 26 is our verse. You heard Mr. Taylor talk about it. And I um, am committed because he said I would say, what does this verse mean, okay? And so what this verse means, what it teaches us, the wisdom it has, it says, in the fear of the Lord, okay? One has strong confidence and his children will have a refuge, okay? So what's the fear of the Lord, right? We all think of fear like, oh no, I'm terrified, I'm scared, and I want to run away from it. That's not the fear it's talking about. It's talking about knowing and understanding God and how powerful he is, how awesome he is, how incredible he is, the fullness of who God is, of knowing that. And uh, reverence is a word, respecting that. That's what it's talking about. So it's knowing God and knowing his might and his power. And when you know God in that way, it builds in you strong confidence or full trust. You begin to trust him more and more and more, hopefully to a point of a full trust in God because you know him and you know his power. And that impacts your children, those that are watching you, right? And it allows them to have a refuge. And a refuge, as you understand, is a place of protection and peace for you. So the bad and the evil cannot get you. You can run to the shelter that is God, this powerful God. So that's what this verse is talking about. Uh, in a nutshell, it's talking about something called legacy. It's talking about legacy. And what legacy is, is simply this, is passing something on. The most important legacy that you will pass on is a legacy of faith. Okay? And Proverbs is talking about in 1426, talking about legacy. And it points to two parts of legacy, right? First of all, about leaving a legacy and then receiving a legacy. Okay, so we're gonna talk about that. So we're gonna leave Proverbs, know where we're coming from there in Proverbs 14. But there's a story in the Bible that talks about legacy and you can see the two parts of legacy and the call of how to 
leave a legacy and to receive a legacy. And that's in Joshua 3, chapter 3 and chapter 4. Uh, and in there, you will find a story of a man named Joshua. Okay? And, and Joshua is leading the Israelites into what God has promised, the land he has promised them. And a little backstory, okay, is Moses. Remember Moses? Um, Moses led the people, Israelites, out of Egypt. They were slaves there. And God said, I've got a promised land for you, a place for you to go. And so they begin to go toward the promised land with Moses. There comes to be a point where they're just not spiritually mature, uh, uh, ready to receive the promised land. And so it takes 40 years of them wandering and the next generation that they come now under the leadership of Joshua to the shores of the Jordan River another waterway that they need to cross to get to the promised land where God said he would take them, their refuge, their place of peace, and their protection. And so I'm gonna let someone finish the story for us here. So let's watch the, what happens on the shores of the Jordan with Joshua and the Israelites. Show the video, please. Hall of Fame, Joshua. This is Joshua. Joshua was the leader of the Israelites, who God would use to take his people into the promised land. Yeah, let's do it! Joshua readied his people to cross the Jordan River, which was the only thing dividing the Israelites from the land that God had promised to them. All right. Right here. Okay. They camped beside the river for three days, waiting, just as the Lord had commanded them. At this time of year, the Jordan River was flooded and flowing with so much water that it was impossible to cross on foot. And then the Lord said, let there be what? Hey, priest. Yeah. Come on. God told Joshua to tell the people that the priests would carry the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people through the water. He told the priests to step into the rushing waters. Wait, huh? And when they would do this, the waters would stop flowing. Uh, all right. And as soon as the priests did this, the water of the Jordan River did stop flowing. Yeah. And the priests stood with the Ark of the Covenant on dry ground as the Israelites crossed to the other side. God told Joshua to send 12 men from the 12 tribes of Israel to take 12 stones from the place that the priests were standing. When all this had been finished as God commanded, Joshua called the priests from the Jordan. We're good, come on. As their feet left the Jordan River, the waters came back into place just as they had been. Wow! They brought their stones to their camp and set them as a memorial so future generations might remember the story of how God brought his people through the Jordan River on dry ground. 
Good, there it is, right? Um, you'll, you'll remember that more than anything I say. I know it, right? <laughs> um, so Joshua um, is there on the shores. They're camped out for three days, as you just heard. Uh, and we learn about leaving a legacy and receiving a legacy from that. Um, so as we look at leaving a legacy, that first call and what we see here, uh, in order to leave a legacy of faith, you have to live the legacy you want to leave. Did you catch that? You gotta live the legacy that you want to leave. And that's what Joshua, he spends three days preparing them uh, to leave a legacy. And he says this to them uh, in Joshua 3.3. 3. Right? Uh, I'm going to come through the camp and you're going to see the Ark of the Covenant. Remember, that is the presence of God. So you're going to see God. Um, and then when you see God pass by, here's what you do uh, you leave your place, it says, and you follow it. And I'd say, you follow Him. To live out your faith, you have to follow God. You have to leave your place and you've got to go to God and follow Him. It will take movement. You have to be somebody that is on the move to live out your faith. And how do we know where to go? He says in Joshua 3, 9, uh, he gathers them all together, Joshua. And he says, listen to the words of the Lord. And he tells them everything that God has promised here, what's gonna happen, what he's gonna do. And he gives them the word of the Lord. And what they have to remember, listening and hearing aren't the same things, are they? Right? Yes, in order to listen, you have to trust what you're hearing. You have to have faith in the one speaking. So it starts with, with listening to God, with trusting God, but then here is where faith is realized, is you have to obey it. You've got to go where God is leading you. That's how you live it out. You have to obey and say, yes, I may not understand it. In this situation, God, there's a river there. And it's in uh, uh, the flood stage, that's dangerous. But God, boy, if you're calling me into those waters, I'll go, right? You have to obey. In this last portion, in uh, Joshua 3, verse 5, is you have to experience him. If you'll follow him, if you'll listen to him, uh, you will set yourself apart and you're going to experience, it says, his wonders. Because what he tells them he's going to do, and it sounds crazy. I mean, just put yourself in this situation. They're going to have to walk up. These priests with the Ark of the Covenant are going to put their feet in this raging river. And then it's going to stop. <laughs> okay, really? You know, they're reflecting, okay, I remember Grandpa, Mom and Dad said something about this at the Red Sea. Is he going to do it again? Is this our moment? The answer is yes. He, he will, we know the story. Uh, but what happens is, is you have to experience a God that's powerful. If you're gonna live it, too far God is just a system of thought and not living active, God Almighty in people's lives. And so when people watch me, us, they don't see a very powerful God. There's no wonder to it. It's a set of thoughts and ideas but that's never what God intended us to do. You have to experience the wonders of God because he's a God of miracles and of power. Uh, and you have to live it. You have to live the legacy you want to leave. 
you have to ask yourself, those watching you, whether they're your kids, your neighbors, your coworkers, your spouse, whomever they are, are they seeing the God that you profess? You have to live it. You have to live it. But then the next thing is, uh, then you have to leave it. You have to be intentional. Because what God says to them, uh, in, in uh, Joshua 4, 6, he actually says it all through 3 and 4. Uh, he says this, is, what I'm going to do is when the priests uh, step in that river, I'm going to stop it up, up in the town of Adam, which is 20 miles away. Remember, there's somewhere in the neighborhood of two and a half to four million people. That's a lot. So you need the river really open, <laughs> right, for them to all cross. So it's a massive stopping of this river. And they're going to walk in there, and they're going to stand in dry ground. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to, in the middle of that river, on that dry ground, take up stone. Take up stones, and you pack them across, and in where you camp that night, I want you to place those stones, and I want you to build a rock mound, a monument. Build a monument. And that monument will make your children and the generations after you ask the big question, why? Why those rocks? And then you're gonna tell them about the bigger story of a powerful God that loves his people, leads his people, and can do things that are outside of anything you can imagine. This God, and he's faithful to his promises. So what we have to do is to leave it is understand God wants us to build monuments. For them, as these rocks in the middle of the river, right, that became a monument to tell a bigger story. Scripture is clear, Acts 1.8, Romans 12.2, that our monument today is our lives. Your life should make people ask the bigger question, why? Why? I know for me, as you look at these rocks that represent uh, the rocks from the middle of that river, but they were much larger than this. You know, I want my life, I want to live a life of radical love. So when people see this, say, why do you love like that, Scott? I want to say there's a bigger story because Jesus loved me radically. He went to a cross for me. The least I can do is love you. I want my life to people to see a forgiveness that blows people's mind, that says that is stupid that you would forgive those people. I say, I want to tell you about an amazing grace, about a Jesus that forgave me and he died on the cross for me. There's a bigger story of why I forgive, not just to be a nice guy or make a bad rock pile. I want to live a life that people ask, how do you do that? How do these amazing things keep happening? How do you get through these rough, turbulent waters uh, and you seem to be so calm? So I want to talk about a powerful God that's given me his Holy Spirit to give me power that I don't possess in myself to live a life that bears witness to him. Right? I want them to see it. I want them to ask why. I want my kids to ask me why. I want my neighbors to ask me why. You know, in this last rock, there's 12 rocks here, so you know. So I'm going to put a 13th rock on. This rock right here 
is from right out front. All right. This is a rock from North Shore. As a pastor here, as a member here, as someone attending here, that my family attends here, us, I want people to see North Shore and say that is a church that has faith in Jesus Christ. They will not be pulled around by the world. They will not surrender to the world's ways. They are gonna follow Jesus. They're gonna point to Jesus. They're gonna love in a way that the world can't even understand, right? They're going to serve uh, tirelessly because of Jesus Christ. They're gonna make disciples of Jesus Christ who make disciples of Jesus to follow his command. This is Jesus's place, and I want North Shore to represent, I wanna be part of that. When people look at North Shore Christian Church, they know there's a bigger story happening, and it's the monument of us. And it's clear, you see Joshua 4, 6 there, that in building monuments, you have to be ready to tell your story. It says, when the children ask you, what are those stones? It says, Tell them what, their stones are, what is yours? What's your legacy you're living? Again, I said it before, too often in Christian homes, it's a school of thought we're giving them. It's an address of the Bible, and all those things are critical. Just say, do not hear me downplaying those. But what's powerful is a God that's in your life, that's alive, it's living, that your faith is practiced. They see you do your faith. They see you pray. They see you in your scriptures. They see you living this faith out. Another piece of this is you have to share your story. You have to share your community story because those stones, there's 12 of them there, one from each tribe. And what happens is uh, for them, the Israelites, and it's no different today, is there's a community that supports and encourages that we are called to be part of then it was the nation of Israel. Today it's the church, it's us. And you have to tell your children, those that you're leaving a legacy with is, there's part of a community. This isn't just me. It's an us thing. You've got a whole army, a whole family that's for you, that's with you. So you have to tell your community story as well. And when you do that, you leave a legacy that a young person, that someone that you're discipling, um, someone that's watching you that you don't even know that's watching you. Because my legacy is that. I called it, I, I stole the legacy. Adopted, borrowed, whatever word you want to use because my family were, were not Christians. And I, um, so when I was in my 20s, a friend from college uh, invited us out to their house. Uh, Sandy and I, we were... Uh, dating then, before we were married, uh, went out there and I saw this Christian family and it blew my socks off. I said, I wanna be that. I wanna be a man that loves his wife like that. I wanna be a man that has integrity like that. I want my children to talk to m- about me behind my back like this person talks about her dad. I want that. And I just watched and guess what I learned? It's a Jesus story. Right, first thing that softened my heart to Jesus was that, somebody's legacy that I don't even think knows today. I probably should call him just thinking about it. Um, um, but it's true, I, I stole the legacy, right? People are watching, he has no clue. So the last piece I wanna get to is, uh, is receiving a legacy. I wanna talk to the young people, the kids, but any of us uh, uh, that are involved in legacy, and you have to understand all of us are, 
Everybody is in a space of legacy. You are leaving a legacy and you're receiving one. I don't care how old you are. All of us are in the, in the, in the, in the middle of the road for legacy. Okay, so you don't get to opt out. What legacy are you leaving? What legacy are you receiving? Who are you watching? Who are you learning from? Who are you copying, imitating, right? We're all doing it, okay? So how do we receive a legacy? Joshua 4, verses 21 and 23, you talk about that last uh, charge that God gives. Joshua says, hey, uh, build this monument, monument up, and what your kids will do in the generations, they're gonna come and they're gonna ask you, tell us about these stones, tell us about this monument, and then you tell them what you know, what God has done for you. Tell them the story. And then what they're gonna do, verse 24. They're gonna live out what we talked about in Proverbs 14, 26, right? The wisdom of that is they're gonna understand how mighty God is, how powerful he is, and they will fear the Lord. They will know God, know his power, know he is faithful. He is worthy of trust. And they can step into that refuge, that protection, that peace that he has for them. So young people, you've got to see it. You've got to see it, okay? Your eyes have to be open to the legacies being left for you. And then you have to ask about it. Never stop asking why. Mom, why do you read your Bible? Dad, do we have to go to church? Why are we doing this? It's boring. Have you heard Pastor Scott? Uh, right? Why? Why do we tithe? Dad, why won't we cheat on our taxes? Dad, how come, Mom, how come I can't watch that? Right? Ask, ask, and you're gonna hear the bigger story because there's a bigger story going on. It's Jesus. And then in order for a legacy to really close the gap, you gotta live it. You can see it, you can ask about it, but boy, uh, blessing comes from obedience, trusting, saying yes to Jesus, saying yes to the legacy, and stepping into it. And when you do that, you get all the promises of God. You'll cross into your promised land. You'll go to your place of refuge, okay? It's a legacy. You're in it, I'm in it. Uh, and so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a moment and there is a foundational legacy given to us, a memorial, if you would, for us to remember. Uh, you know it as the Lord's Supper, but it's in the very same way. Jesus says, I'm gonna do something, and I want you to do is remember it. I, I want you to remember, I'm gonna invite Sandy to come up, our children's minister, and my lovely wife, and um, uh, she looks very Hawaiian. She's Native American, but she looks Hawaiian, so um, uh, it's wonderful. Isn't she beautiful? There you go. <laughs> uh, and again, obviously, family month, uh, Sandy's hands are in this uh, deeply. You know, she really helps us plan, it, you know, because she, she loves the kids, right? And she wants this experience to be good, and she understands exactly what we're talking about, that there's a legacy being built, and these kids will leave the faith uh, if their church isn't their family. And, you know, we are committed. Our elders are committed this will be family, right? It may not look like some of the churches around here, uh, but those are the church's kids 
leave. We're going to be family, right? Uh, and in that, what do we gather around? What are we bound together by? And that's Jesus Christ and his work on the cross, okay? And, it's, uh, and he sat at that table with his friends on, on the Passover, and he ate the meal, and in there he, he took the bread and he broke it. He says, here's what this bread represents. Uh, it represents my body that's given to you. He took the cup, and he says, this cup is the new covenant, the new promise. Uh, that's my, my blood, the forgiveness of your sins. So what we're going to do is... We're going to have the ushers come forward, um, and uh, Sandy's going to guide us of how parents you can talk, how we can meditate. So I'll give Sandy that, and we'll lead us in a time of meditation, and then after, I will pray, and we'll all take together. Go ahead, Sandy. Yeah, we really want to encourage you, too, if you have kids here, feel free to talk during this time. Talk to your kids, um, answer their questions, and, um, and don't worry about, about talking. Uh, the bread. Jesus said that the bread was to remind us of his body that he gave up as a sacrifice on the cross for our sins because he loves us. Remember the cross by thanking Jesus for going to the cross for your sins. Reflect on how much Jesus loves you. The cup. Jesus said that the cup was to remind us of the blood that came from his body as a reminder of his power to forgive us and to wash us from all of our sin. Remember Jesus' power to forgive and wash you from all of your sins. Reflect on the new life you have through Jesus. into his friends' lives. He spoke into our lives. He says, I want you to remember this from now until I return to take you to heaven with me. That this bread represents my body that I am giving to you for
for you to pay the ransom, the price for sin. In remembering that, let's take the bread together. In the same way, he took the cup. He says, this cup is a new covenant, the new promise of my blood. The unblemished land, lamb on the cross shed his blood for us to forgive us of our sins, wash us clean once and for all. His sacrifice, his blood is sufficient for our sins. cleansed. We are able to go to the Father because of this. So remembering his promise and accepting our position to be with God personally because of Jesus. Let's take the cup together. the little uh, holders in front of you. Um, in closing, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for a couple things. Um, young people, thank you for being part of this family. Know this, your church loves you. These people around you, they might look like strangers, but we are far from strangers. We love you. We are for you. We are with you. Uh, you have a family, a big family that's behind you. We need you, uh, us older folk. Uh, thank you for giving space, giving space for young people. We need to do that. Got to pass it on. You know, we got to give space for them uh, to hear the gospel in their language. For all of us, um, as we look at Joshua's story, we're reminded that we are to build monuments, and these stones uh, are the different areas of our life that tell a bigger story of Jesus. I want to encourage you, there's buckets back there, ushers, uh, to take a stone. Take a stone. And I want God to speak to you directly. As a family, you may circle up and say, let's talk about legacy. And just have a great open conversation. Whether it's, hey, this is a legacy I want to leave. Hey, I, this is a legacy I would want from you. Whatever that beautiful conversation about legacy, because it's important passing on. It could be you saying, okay, I want to leave this legacy. God, how am I doing? Here's my call and commitment to you. And then you take these stones, you can give it to somebody, say, this is a legacy I'm going to leave you. I'm going to work on it. You look at this and remember that. Or you might put it on a shelf, put it somewhere you can see and remind yourself that you are living a legacy for Jesus Christ. Your life matters in the kingdom. So I don't know what you need in the form of legacy, but I want this rock to remind you of that. So please take one, pray over it to God and say, God, show me, and then let this be a reminder to you. Will you stand with me? I'd love to close in prayer. Uh, Father God, we love you. You're good. Um, thank you for leaving the legacy of Jesus Christ for us. May our eyes be forever fixed on him. May we follow him and experience him and then leave that legacy 
for those that are coming behind us. Whether they're our children or people who are watching us or people that we're discipling. And God, I pray for every person that they would have somebody that's going before them. That they can see, they can watch, they can imitate as they imitate Jesus. So God, if there's anyone who doesn't have that, I pray that you would point them in that direction. In it all, we want you to be glorified. And we want you to be glorified in this church. God, thank you for family. We love you and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.